Spencer Sue here, your tech realtor of the Bay Area. And today's topic is going to be a question that I get a lot, which is several misconnotations on number one related to listing price and something selling for above listing price and what a home should ultimately sell for. Like, how do you value a home? And I want to cover these different topics because I get this asked all the time and people get spooked. Like I get questions saying, hey, look, wow, you know, this home uh, was listed at a million dollars and sold for 30% over at 1.3. And I always ask them, why does that matter? Because it doesn't. The list price is mostly a marketing tactic than anything else to create demand. I will know generally, and you will know if you work with me, what it'll likely sell for. Because list price is, is actually meaningless. What's most important is actually what others have sold for in that area most recently. That's how you find the true value. Because here's an example. Let's say all houses in the neighborhood are selling for $1.2 million. And this house on the market is on the market for a million dollars. Well, let's say it ultimately sells for 1.1. Would you be, should you be sad that you paid a hundred thousand dollars above list price? Or should you be thrilled that you actually bought it for a hundred thousand dollars below the market value? Those are very two important things to distinguish uh, because they're completely different. And sure, on ego, you know, if I was a listing agent, I can, of course, blast it on my social media, $100,000 over list price. But the people that actually know the business and you can see the data will know, okay, well, that wasn't that good of a deal or that was a really good deal. So it's very important to understand what our property is selling for. And fortunately, as a realtor, we have access to that because all realtors have access to the backend system, which is the MLS. The MLS is the system of record as it tracks and has all available information, including what prices were listed at, what are the ultimately sold for, um, along with all pictures that were done historically. So you can always go into it. However, from a consumer perspective, like on sites like Zillow, you are able to see a uh, sold, but it's much more manual for a reason. They don't allow you to easily extract that out. So that's something just to be aware of. And so I want to go through how I usually help all of my clients. This is a bare minimum. And this is one of the components of how you consider what your price is. And if you fair, if you feel uh, if you're paying above market uh, or if it's at ask price. Now, one of the things that you also notice is it also depends on the trends. If the trend is going lower, you may be more inclined to go under the market rate. But if, if prices are still rising, then you have to be careful where you may have to be aggressive because the market is going upwards. So that's something to consider. And everything is case by case. Um, that's The price is one of the factors to consider when deciding on what you'll ultimately be placing an offer for. Uh, and so I want to cover how I ultimately help my clients decide on that. So. Most most people are discovering properties from two of the most popular websites today, which is one Redfin, and then the other is Zillow. You may notice that the user interfer uh, interface is always, it's very good on both of them, hence why uh, most people go to those sites when it comes to their property search. And one of the things that you'll notice is on, on Redfin or on Zillow, they always come with this Redfin estimate. 
the, the glorious Redfin estimate, the Zillow estimate. If it was so easy, we, there would be no business for realtors. Heck, there would be no business for Redfin agents either because everything should just be done like an auction style. Fortunately, this also means very little. What Redfin and Zillow had done with the industry was they gave consumers the feeling that they knew the value, the value of their home. And it's a general good index, but I would use it as an index because the really most of the times that price is plus or minus 10%. So sure, it's within 10%, which is not bad. It's more than what uh, anyone has had in the past, especially if this was not exposed, you would have no data. So it's significantly better than that. But just know there's a big variance when it comes to this. And hence, look at this example here. Redfin has an estimate of 1.51. That's one example. And we'll determine what the fair market value would be actually momentarily. But if you look at Zillow, this gives it a fair estimate at 1.36. Oh my goodness, like that's such a big difference. That's a $150,000 difference. That's 10%. That's basically a 10% difference. But you also can kind of take a look here, what's, what's kind of interesting. This this was listed for one point, well, it's listed for 1.35, but it said it's listed here on Zillow at 1.4. And for some reason, all of a sudden it took a massive drop for no reason. And so that's something just to kind of, it's, it's always interesting when you see these charts because the benefit is they get to reflect it publicly. But the funny part is uh, it's always funny how it, it jumps up and down based off of new information that comes up. But Nevertheless, you see there's a big difference between the two. So whether you're a Redfin advocate or a Zillow advocate, uh, either way, it's a 10% difference. So we want to try to figure out what is the current value of this home. And so how do we do that? Number one, you always want to see uh, notable things about the location of the property. So uh, you can look at generally on a, from a map perspective, like how how is this like, uh, street position wise, uh, for some reason, this is not even opening. So let me refresh this. So one of the things you want to look at is from a position perspective, uh, as in, is it on a busy road? That's a very common theme that can negatively impact a price. Uh, another thing, especially in Belmont, maybe you can see on a Google map, like how is the drive to there? Is it very difficult? Uh, is it a single lane once you go up the hills. Those are some of the factors to see, at least from the general um, street and the perimeter dynamics. The next thing you want to look at is the condition of the home. How I typically determine this is by uh, kind of different levels. You have one which is fully remodeled. That's the best case scenario. Number two is uh, it's clean, but it's in original. It could be... It could have an update, but it doesn't really need an update. And then the third is uh, it's in really bad shape. It basically needs to be fully remodeled to even live in there. Those are the three main differences. And then you can you can then determine about the quality of the finishes and things like that. But that that is much more minor versus these three categories. So you always want to look at the pictures. You look at the from the outside, manicured looks nice, garden looks nice. Looks like a great property. Recessed lighting, nice hardwood floors. It, in this case, is staged. Just scroll through. Okay. So, so you saw initially the pictures. They're very nice. 
Uh, but they showed these pictures first. And then as you go through, you see the kitchen. It's not a bad kitchen, but as you can see, maybe older cabinets, countertops. Uh, countertops are actually kind of fair. Appliances are, are older. Look at the bedroom. Bedrooms are actually pretty nice. Bathroom, this is uh, an older bathroom. I, I, I probably would guess maybe 90s. Yeah, maybe a 90s bathroom. Not bad. Still fully functional. This is interesting. It's a very bright uh, pink. Lots of shelves. Nice open space, which is also very important. The other thing to keep in mind is, is, is the landscaping. Landscaping is not cheap. So if it's a nice landscape versus just a pile of dirt or just grass, that's also good to know. Lots of beautiful, very nice outdoor patio in the backyard. Nice covers. So that's about it. So this is a three bed, one bath. So you kind of have an idea from a picture's perspective. I would say it's pretty good condition. Um, kitchen is older, but fully functional. Bathroom is older, seems fully functional. So at least at this point, this exercise, we'll take a look at, okay, the other set it at 1.35. Based off of comparables, we haven't looked at competition. We have not looked at disclosures. We have not looked at also considering how much you as an individual wants to live in this area and uh, this community. Those are three other ones that we're not going to cover today. But at least purely from a numbers perspective, let's see how this fares. So how do I determine that? Uh, the, one of the quick ways is, as mentioned, the uh, realtors all have access to this tool. But quite frankly, not all realtors know how to use it because everyone of these tools are a little bit different. There's different nuances with it. Um, some may not need to use it. It's, it's really up to them. For me, I always have a component of one side is data. So you can see for yourself how this fares with the market and if you're overpaying or underpaying. And then the other component is what uh, more the, the feeling aspect. And that's your personal decision that you have to make. But from a numbers perspective, let's take a look. So what I always do is I highlight active, contingent, pending, so sold, and then I will put the close of escrow. I normally like to do it six months. We can kind of see how it, how it performed over the last six months. I always want to do some things that are very similar. So let's, in this case, let's just do a three bed, one bath. Of course, I can go into way more detail, but uh, not needed at this for this example. I'll paste in here of the map search. Let's usually do it within half a mile. And so I'll move my little face here. So you can see there's actually not too many. There's only three properties. So this time, let's do something further. Let's do let's do one mile. And even one mile is not a lot. So you can see this is a very, uh, there's not too many options as a three bed, one bath in Belmont uh, at all. So nevertheless, we'll take a look and see, and, and, and see it. All right. So you'll see... Um, this is 1931 Alden. There's another one on the market. That's 311190. And so that's something to take a look at. So what I normally do first before looking at all the pictures, just like how I looked at the pictures of 1931 Alden, is I actually will take this all. I would export this out. Hit export. And so it all comes actually in a very easy uh, Excel format. So what I do with this, because I just prefer Google Sheets, I copy it all and I'll just paste it on and then I'll, I'll make some I'll make some adjustments and this is what I do for every one of my clients 
Oh, and I messed up. Sorry. There's one thing that should have been done. This doesn't translate well, which is the price. It was still in there. Hashtags. Okay, this solves that. So what I like to do is I always like to highlight the the property that we're in question. I always incorporate a price per square foot. So I'll simply take the price, divide by the total square footage, and then you have a price per square foot. And then I will also, you also want to look at the different cities. What I didn't filter, which I normally should have, is filter it also by cities. Um, if you want a deeper dive, you can compare neighboring cities if there's some things that are, con that are of similar characteristics. But in my case, uh, let's just keep it consistent. So let's delete all the cities that are not Belmont. And then at the end, I'll have, I'll just write agent notes. And that's my personal note, uh, feedback. So you can then kind of compare, compare it all. Now, the first one, as mentioned, we'll write original kitchen. Nice yard, clean house. So as mentioned, it's kind of in the middle, if not kind of in between the middle and the, the, the high quality. So we'll look at the next one. So let's look at the next one. It's 8, 830 Laurel. So we're going to go through the pictures, and you can also go through the pictures uh, separately. So you look at 8, 830 Laurel. All right. So this was sold in and closed at February 28th. So not too long ago, two months ago. You can see the, the house itself. It's a little bit slanted on the hill, so it's a little bit harder to get into, not as flat as the one that we saw previously. You're going to see the condition of the house. Very nice house. Nice flooring, hardwood. Kitchen is actually, it's nicer. So it's always good to have a comparison of theirs versus your uh, yours that you're looking at. So nicer kitchen. Appliances, I would say similar grain. Look at all these pictures. Bathroom is a little old, but it seems a little newer. Nice patio. So I would say it's pretty good condition, slightly better. So it's something to note. So I would say good condition. Slightly better. So, so that way you can at least have a benchmark of that one versus this. The other quick thing that you want to note is the position of it. So you can see from the map. Like where where is it? Is it on a busy road? Um, not so much. I mean, Laurel in this case is not. Of course, you're going to be taking a look at it in person, so you can determine that yourself. But it's not that much, that busy of a road, so it's not it's not a, a negative impact there. So at least now you have your first one. So you go on to the next one. So you look at this one from the outside. It looks beautiful. It looks actually new roof, nicely painted on the outside. Oh, inside it's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, this is nice, nice kitchen. This is very nice. These bathrooms updated. You don't have to really see much as a separate loft. This is a nice house. So I would say if we move on to the next one. Very nice condition. All right. Then you move on to the next one. So next one. Looking on the outside looks pretty good. Same thing, much more modern, much more updated. Good bathrooms. They didn't do anything with their yard, but that's okay, it's all flat. 
So this is very good condition as well. And we'll skip the last one, but at least you get the idea of the different steps that are needed. And so why is the price per square foot important? So generally, as you get through to a bigger house, your price per square foot drops. Um, it just doesn't scale as much. So if it's a 2000 square foot, it's not as it's not very likely for it to be in anywhere close to $1,000 per square foot because it's that much larger. Because the other component is now you're at a very high dollar, absolute dollar figure that has a big component to it. But let's take a look. So let's compare it. All right, so these have all sold fairly recently. This is the most recent, Laurel. So I'll just make it, I usually mark it as orange. Some of the ones that I wanna look at more closely. So you can see this one is a smaller, smaller house. Condition is slightly better and sold for 1219. If we look at this next one, 1130 Academy Avenue, sold for 1.675. So it's about 1120 per square foot. And it's a very nice condition house. So you want to kind of position your, the value of your home. If this is good condition, likely somewhere, because it's gonna be a little bit, the price per square foot would drop from this. I actually think if you look, compare these two, because it's bigger and the condition is not as nice, you can plot it as fair value. Let's say it's at, 1100. So what does that mean in terms of absolute price? 1.38. I think uh, a little under $100 per square, a little over $100 per square foot more for something that's slightly bigger, a little bit older kitchen, but that's not that much different. Uh, is is pretty reasonable. So the price that they're asking at right now is pretty fair. I mean, it, it could, don't be surprised if it goes up up a little bit more, as you can see, but it's not outrageous for what they're asking. The The important part though, it's also not what the Redfin estimate was at 1.5, because if it was 1.5, you know, it was 1.51, then it would have been asking for 1,200 per square foot. So the only way that I can get to 1200 per square foot is one, very competitive. So in, the question is, is the market, has the market been driven up that much in two months? So the, the other criteria that we always use is we'll take a look at stats. So within stats, we have an option to be able to see how has the market been trending. So let's look at sales prices over time. And here you can see you know, I would say the February level is about the same as the April level in the city. So I'll even, what I always do is I always give my clients a screenshot of this. Put it on the chart so you can see. So if you, if you, if you feel the market and if you look at the data, it's about the same as it was in March or sorry, in, in uh, February, then you can pretty much assume that there's no increase or decrease. So paying the 1100, for something like this, which is a little bit bigger and a little slightly older, is pretty reasonable. One, if you can get one three five, it's pretty good at this time too. But if you pay a little bit over, you're not ask, you're not paying that much more. You're, you shouldn't feel bad. So this gives you an idea. As you can see, it's a very big difference in that one point five one. And uh, if you believe that, then 
yeah, you, you could have gone without a realtor and paid uh, over $130,000 more when the market doesn't really support that if you actually are able to drill down uh, into the property. So I hope this was helpful. This is one of the things that I do for, for, for my clients. We actually do this exercise uh, as soon as a property is of interest, even on uh, photos, because it's important for you to know and for me to know too, like how is this priced? Is this artificially low? Which is in some certain markets, they price everything 20 to 30% below what it should sell for. So you should know upfront because then it'll save you time, but also give you the right expectation. You should also not be disappointed if it, if you know it's sold for twenty percent above ask. Because remember, like I said, it does not matter. You'll know by what has sold, and then compare that with this information. So I hope this was helpful. Uh, feel free to reach out to me at any time if you have any questions about anything uh, about the market. Happy to be a resource anytime. This is a, a weekly video uh, tips that I'd have. I'll have weekly market updates on Fridays. You can tune in on my Facebook Live. All details will be below. And uh, I'll see you at the next one. Bye-bye.